Good afternoon, sports fans, and welcome to a special U6, uh, UFC 264 podcast on the uh, Big D podcast. Before I bring in a special guest, all you need to do to hear this podcast is subscribe, like, share, comment, or see the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. We've got a lot of other content coming. Hopefully more football, hopefully some uh, open championship podcast next week. So uh, things are cracking, not just the weather here. So uh, one sport that I've often wanted to often wanted to talk about here, but haven't been able to do so is make small shots. And luckily today I got somebody that uh, talked UFC with me from the the daily daily fan MMA and uh, living in uh, beautiful San Diego is uh, Brett Apley. Brett, uh, it's uh, I'm guessing it's 75 and sunny this morning, right? <laughs> What's up, man? Yeah, that <clears throat> that's a good guess. It looks pretty sunny outside my window. We're just talking about it br- briefly before we got on the air, <clears throat> and it sounds like you know you got a lot of rain over where you're at. I I haven't seen rain down here in San Diego and feels like an entire year so yeah 75 and sunny my man can't can't really complain it's july getting the start of summer we got some big fights to talk about it's uh good times yeah speaking of fights how about the main event this weekend in las vegas dustin Fury and conor mcgregor three so uh, when i think of this i think uh <laughs> how long will this fight go because the first Two fights uh, didn't last long. McGregor won the first one, twenty at the UFC one seventy with a first round knockout, and uh, Pure returned the favor with a second round knockout in January. So, what do you think happens on Saturday night? What do I think happens on Saturday? Well. I feel like a lot of it may be dependent on, you know, the adjustments that Connor comes into this third fight with, you know, he knocked out Poirier very quickly the first time. And then there was several years between the first fight and the second fight. And we saw in the most recent fight in January, Dustin attacked him with those leg kicks and, and kind of took away his rhythm, took away his mobility and that was an absolutely excellent game plan. That, it, right away, that's up for Connor to make these adjustments now. So, like, if if the fight plays out in the same way and Connor's not able to check those low leg kicks, it's going to be the same result. He's going to ha- have some opportunity early. But the longer this fight goes, it's hard not to favor Poirier. You know, Connor's fought now twice since 2018, and one of those times was a 40-second knockout victory the other time was the knockout loss to Poirier it's hard to know what kind of fight shape he's in and whether he's as prepared for these title fights or excuse me not title fights these big fights as he used to be back in the day 2014 when he first fought Dustin was on his epic climb up to the title he's just not at the same point in his life anymore and I still believe he has big knockout power I still believe he can hurt Dustin early but the longer this fight goes it feels like Dustin's going to have opportunities to take over and I I think either way it seems very likely that this fight's going to be ending by knockout on Saturday 
yeah, when I've watched McGregor, particularly the last few fights, it seems like his gas tank is great in round one. And then if you get him past round one, uh, he's not the same fighter. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it more than more than one time, right? And to his credit, there have been other times where he has fought through being tired, like against Nate Diaz for the third or the, the second fight that went a full five rounds. He got very tired and, and fought through it and still won a decision. So it's not like it's impossible, but we've seen Dustin, you know, fight five rounds many times and go through some absolute wars and including guys like Dan Hooker and, and Max Holloway. And with the tools that he has, you know, he's able to connect to, you know, he was landing a lot of counter hooks against um, Connor in the second fight. He was landing a lot of low leg kicks. Those things add up over time. So it just feels like cardio aside, even if Connor comes in, let's say in really good fight shape, it just feels it feels like Dustin has the tools to excel over five rounds. Yeah, and so um, t- taking a look at the fighters, uh, I think Connor, according to the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, is uh, let me see plus what is plus one hundred eight favorite. Dustin Fury is minus one thirty. I can remember for that last fight, I'm like McGregor. I'm like, Fury was what, minus six? Was he like minus 600 for TKO um, in January? I'm like, maybe I should have put a few <laughs> In January, yeah. So so Connor would have been the, the slight favorite there overall. And he probably did have a, I don't remember what it was exactly, but I think the general expectation was that Connor was going to knock Dustin out early because we had only, we had seen them fought before, you know, and Connor knocked him out so quickly. And so it's just, it's very easy to think, well, it's going to happen again. And that's part of the problem with fights because now that we've seen Dustin go through a round with Connor, knock him out in the second round, it, now it feels like Dustin's got the edge and it feels like the same results going to happen again. So those recent results very much swing these betting lines. Yeah, so um, in a way, what in a way, what would what would be the way you would attack this fight from a betting standpoint? Would I mean, obviously, I would think the knockout potential was high, but would you look if you look at it from a McGregor standpoint, you look at it early. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, I think there's a lot of different things that you could do. If I, if I was going to bet on Connor, I mean, he's already plus, what do we say? Plus 108 on DraftKings Sportsbook. If you like him, I mean, he is the underdog. So taking him to win straight up doesn't seem like that, you know, big of a risk to take. However, it does really to me it does feel like if connor wins this fight it's probably by knockout i mean and it probably is early and i see him at around plus 170 to win inside the distance um on certain sites that those are numbers that i would take a look at and you could also start to look at these you know depending on how much chalk you want to lay fight ends inside the distance it's minus 300 that's a big line but it covers both sides uh, under two and a half rounds is minus 140. It seems, you know, fairly likely that that re- result could occur. Um, 
I do think giving a slight edge to Dustin makes sense though. So I do, I feel like these betting odds are, you know, relatively correct. Like I think it's fair to favor Dustin overall, but if I'm betting on Dustin to win, um, yeah, honestly, if I was betting on Dustin to win, I might just take his money line because he's he's a slight favorite, minus one thirty. He could win this fight by decision, even if Connor slows down and Dustin's just more capable in the latter rounds. That's not impossible. He could win this fight by second round knockout. He could win this fight by fourth round knockout. He could win this fight by submission. I feel like there's a lot more avenues and a lot more ways that Dustin could win the fight, which makes it tricky from a betting standpoint. Whereas Connor, to me, it, it really does feel like a knockout is his best bet and probably an early knockout. Yeah, in a, in a way, period, it's almost like that almost safer because you know what you get. Connor could come in an amazing shape and absolutely kick Dustin period to the curve. He's got that mm-hmm. big left hand. But if but if McGregor just comes in and hold on shape like he's done for these couple fights, it could be a relatively long night, even if it's a short fight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I even on watching the most recent fight back, you, you see that Connor did have success in that first round. He is faster than Poirier. I think he's a more effective striker. He's certainly more dangerous. He's faster he's got a lot faster hands and he landed on Poirier in that first round and so projecting out this fight on Saturday I even if Dustin wins the fight I think Connor is going to have moments early on because he's still going to be faster he's still a very dangerous striker he still has a lot of power in that first round he's going to be fresh and and he's going to come forward and if he's made any adjustments, you know, the leg kicks maybe won't get to him as quickly. I think he's going to have some moments. So, like, a early knockout from, from McGregor really isn't that big of a stretch. Maybe it's not the most likely outcome, but it's, it's very much possible. And it's, at the very least, I think we're going to see an exciting fight early. Connor is going to have a couple moments and at least test Poirier again. And, you know, just like you, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to find out what happens. Might Connor's strategy be if Perry is still tempting those takedowns, maybe maybe make this a ground fight? I know that's never been Connor McGregor's specialty, but maybe you could t- take some of the stamina out of it and make it more of a instead of a gra- instead of a fast decline, maybe more of a gradual decline of energy. Well, you're exactly right. And I mean, that's what Dustin was doing in the first fight, attacking those low leg kicks. It's like, if I kick you in the leg, it's not the same thing as punching you in the face, right? It's not like instant damage. It's the, 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 the leg kicks are going to wear on you over time. So in that last fight, Dustin was playing the long game. He was trying to, to make Connor slow down and he even landed a takedown in the first round. To Connor's credit, I think Connor is a vastly underrated wrestler. I think he's a very good wrestler and a very good grappler. And if I, I don't think Connor is going to lose this fight because Dustin is just so much better on the ground than him. But he could lose this fight because Dustin, like exactly like you said, makes him grapple, makes him defend takedowns, makes him get up from his back, and that 
could tire him out. And that's all that Dustin really cares about. He knows he has to get past the first round. And so it's like, even if he goes out there, lands a takedown and Connor just gets right back up, that's still a win for Dustin because it's going to use some of Connor's energy. And the more he can do that, the more likely it is that Connor fades down the stretch. Yeah, so can't wait to see that. So now we switch from the main event to a title fight between uh, Gilbert Burns and Stephen Thompson. So what do you think happens in the, I can't believe I'm calling it a title fight, the co-main event of the evening? <laughs> well, so it's, I don't think it actually is a title fight, but it's it like... I think it is. It's like Walter Wade or... Um, well, it's welterweight, but Usman, Kamara Usman is still the, the champion there. However, it's very likely that, especially if Thompson wins, because Burns is coming off that knockout loss to Usman. If Thompson wins, he oh, it should. Is, yeah, it's, I, I don't think it is. Uh, let me see. Let me see. He should be getting the next title yeah, I fight. Think it's, I think it's just middle way. Yeah, no title fights here. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it's a great fight nonetheless. And, I mean, these are two of the best fighters in this division. I, I, I favor Thompson in this fight. Um, he is just a su- much superior striker. And, I mean, he comes from that karate background. And you look at his numbers historically, you know, he lands 4.2 strikes per minute and he absorbs 2.8 strikes per minute. He lands strikes a lot more often than he absorbs them. And that's what you want as a range striker. And Gilbert Burns, although he's improved a lot, a ton under Henry Hooft, and um, he even had some moments against Kamara Usman, he's, he's never been a high-volume striker, 3.2 strikes per minute, absorbing 3.0. I, I, think, I think if this fight plays out on the feet, Thompson is very likely to dominate it control the range, control the distance, and probably hurt Gilbert Burns at some point. But the thing is, Thompson, every time, I mean, since 2012, there's been four fights where Thompson hasn't won, and he's been knocked down in all four of those fights. And he hasn't always been knocked out, but that is a concern. And that's always going to be my concern with Thompson because even fighters like Anthony Pettis, who I don't consider to have a ton of knockout power, put him down, put him out cold. So Burns is nowhere near as technical as Thompson. And and I do not think Burns is really capable of beating Thompson over three rounds, but Thompson's been not dropped a bunch of times and Burns is wild enough, reckless enough that it's certainly possible Burns could just land something hard and put Thompson away. He also is a a phenom grappler. That's obviously his biggest strength, Gilbert Burns, submission grappling. And although I don't think he's going to have a ton of takedown success against Thompson, um, Thompson really hasn't been tested that much in recent years. So it's, it is another path to victory for Gilbert Burns. But ultimately I think, it's, I think it's fair to favor Thompson and favor him potentially even moderately because if this fight plays out on the feet, Thompson is just much superior. He's going to land more strikes. And even if we question Thompson's chin, Burns has been hurt and knocked out more than once as well. And he's coming off a knockout loss. So I think, 
I think there's a pretty decent chance that someone gets hurt here, to be honest. Yeah, speaking of Thompson, he's only fought, uh, what is it, three times in the past couple of years, one, twice in 2019 and once last year. So yeah, could that lack of sharpness hurt Thompson early, especially if Burns is doing a good job maybe grappling and maybe not a standing fight, but just a, but just one when neither guy can get the upper hand on the feet. It it's possible, but I don't think it's like super likely because you know we we saw Thompson, we saw him in December of 2020 against Jeff Neal, and I thought he looked phenomenal. And he's you know he's he cruised to a decision against Jorge Masvidal. He he's just a such a technical striker, and. What I could see happening is because so Thompson's gonna have Thompson's gonna be taller than Burns. Thompson's gonna have a bunch of extra reach in his arms over Burns, and he's the better striker at distance. So Burns is Burns is gonna have to fight getting close. He's gonna have to close the distance. And because Burns isn't like amazing defensively, there's a chance that when every time he tries to close distance, he gets hit. He gets hurt. And that I could see that kind of essentially scaring him off and making this fight not as exciting as we'd like because Thompson's fine just playing out a distance and Burns is really hesitant, you know, to close because every time he does, he's getting hit. I could see that playing out. Um, and I could also see Burns just charging aggressively at Thompson and, and connecting early. And like you said, I don't, I don't worry as much about a slow start for Thompson, but I do worry that Burns is going to – maybe force some high variance exchanges, force a bit of brawl into this fight. And in that kind of situation, it's he's, he's live to connect. He's live to land a hard punch. And so now from a DraftKings DFS standpoint, uh, so uh, obviously you look at the main events of the co-main events, Pierrier and McConnor are both 8,100. Thompson's 85, Burns is 77. Who are some of your favorite DFS guys you're targeting and who are you guys your favorite? I know it's early in the week, but who are some of your likes and who are some of your fades for this weekend's UFC slate? Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, if we start with the main event, McGregor, and Poirier, they're both 8,100. And most likely the winner of that fight is going to be on the winning tournament lineup. The problem, though, is I think both fighters are going to be very, very popular. Um, probably two of the, the most popular fighters on this entire slate. And, you know, it's warranted because the fight is minus 300 or so, minus 325 to end inside the distance. So if either fighter wins by knockout, they're going to end up on the winning lineup. And kind of what I'm telling my subscribers is there's a lot of different ways that you could play that fight. Um, I, I think it's, if you like Poirier, you should have a lot of him. If you like Connor, you should have a lot of him. I'm probably going to be hedging it because I think it's, I think it could go either way, but most importantly, like because those fighters are so highly owned, even if you're correct, that fight isn't going to be the one that necessarily separates you from the field. Even if you like Dustin and you pick him in your DraftKings lineup and he wins, you're still competing with like 45, 50% of the field. So 
definitely you should have a lot of exposure to this main event and I'm going to be hedging. I'm going to have exposure to both sides because I just want the winner and I don't feel like I have, I need to take a stand one way or the other. Um, but know that both sides are going to be popular. Thompson at 8.5 K um, probably needs a, a knockdown or a knockout to be on the winning lineup. I think he's capable of it, but his inside the distance line isn't very strong. Basically, I wish I wish the betting betting odds indicated that he had a better chance to knock out Burns than it it shows. He's plus two ninety right now. I wish that was better. That's going to kind of temper my exposure to him. But I do like him. I'm not going to be as high on Burns because I don't think it's a great matchup for him. Um, I just think Thompson's a better striker and should win the fight. However, if Burns does win, he's going to put up a lot of DraftKings points. So seven point seven k, you can consider him. Um, Sean O'Malley is going to be a very, very popular play on this card. He was priced at 9.5 K already the uh, most expensive fighter on the slate when he was scheduled to fight his previous opponent, uh, Louis Smoko, who pulled out and they're bringing in a newcomer. I believe his name is, is it Chris Moutinho? Um, I haven't even looked into him yet. Let's see. Moutinho, Moutinho. Um, yeah, Chris Moutinho. Okay. <laughs> uh, but now Sean O'Malley's minus 900 to win. And I'm seeing him up at minus 1250 and minus 1111 on various books. So Sean O'Malley is a huge, huge favorite. And his inside distance line right now is minus 310. So essentially books are saying Sean O'Malley is more likely to win by knockout here than any than, than any other fighter is to even win a fight on this card. So even at 9.5K, O'Malley's going to rate out as far and away the best play on this entire slate. And he's going to be very, very popular. But I think he, though, they're giving him a 75% chance to win by knockout. So I think O'Malley is someone you very, very much have to consider. The other fight I'll mention, which I haven't like dug into the research yet, but it's this opening fight on the card. Um, Alan Amadovsky versus uh, Hu Yaozong, who I would consider two not talented fighters. They're very low level fighters in the UFC. Um, and I don't believe either of them have even won in the UFC yet. However, this fight is minus 205 to end inside the distance. And because they are not great or talented fighters or big names, most people probably have never even heard of them. I don't really think people are going to target them. But if that fight does end inside the distance, the winner is, is likely to end up on the optimal lineup. So Amadovsky at 9K could be a very, very sneaky play because if he wins, it's likely to come inside the distance and he's going to be low owned at that price point. And the same thing with Yao Zong at 7.2K. Um, he's going to be overlooked because people know the names Nico Price and Carlos Condit and Gilbert Burns. No one's going to play Hugh Yao Zong, but because his fight is likely to end inside the distance, he's he's he and that fight is is definitely a fight that I'm considering for tournaments because of its high upside. 
and also because of its low ownership. And also in a way because it's the first fight and like in fantasy football where you want to save something for mm-hmm. the for the main card, nobody wants to use a couple guys in the uh, undercard. You're exactly right, yeah. People are going to want to play the main event. They're going to want to play the co-main event. <clears throat> and they're going to load up on Tui Vasa Hardy, Sean O'Malley. Those are, those, that's the main card. And the further down you get, the opening fight, no one's, people probably aren't even going to watch that fight. Amadovsky versus Yaozong, Zomugulov, <clears throat> excuse me, Zumagulov versus Rivera, um, Giles versus Duplessis. These opening fights are going to be a lot lower owned because this card is going to be filled with people who don't play DraftKings every week, but now it's a Conor McGregor card. Hard, so they're going to throw a few lineups in and they're going to want to put fighters in their lineups that they like and they know and they want to watch. And so from a DraftKings perspective, that that makes targeting these early fights very, very interesting. Yeah, so uh, I was thinking of a contrarian strategy. We've talked about playing both. We've talked about playing one of Fury and McGregor. Would the contrarian play be play? Both of them. I know it's risky because of a knockout potential one way or another, but you hope this is two guys going on and they literally just just brawl for 25 minutes. So it's going to be dependent on your game format. If you're playing cash games, which are like head-to-heads, just me versus you, then I think that's a great idea. I think just put them both in. You're going to get a big score out of the winner and you're going to take advantage of the people who just play one side or the other. Um, it's also relates to 50, 50. So where 50% of the field is cashing, playing both of them in one lineup is a great idea in tournaments where you're trying to beat out 20,000 people. You're trying to get first place. I think it's a really bad idea because first of all, this fight's very likely to end inside the distance. So if one fighter wins by knockout in the first round, uh, or, no, or second. Not, uh, there goes your chance of winning the cage. Right. So you're, you're getting one good score and you're also getting one really, really bad score. And so, although it may, it, it makes sense because it's safe when you're playing tournaments, you need to be trying to get six winners. You want a winner on every single one of your, your fighters. And by stacking a fight, although it's a bit safer, it's going to actually just kill your chances of getting six out of six winners. And um, so I would definitely not recommend playing both fighters in the same tournament lineup. Even in a five round, even in a five round main event where there's a chance both of them could get <clears throat> 70, 80, 90 significant strikes. Well, yes. Um, I think it would make more sense if like, let's say Connor was priced at 9.5 K and Dustin was priced at 6.7 K and like Connor wins big at 9.5 K, but at 6.7 K Dustin's so cheap that even, even just going five rounds and losing, he still might score. Okay. But because they're both 8.1 K there's just, there's going to like the loser. I don't see scoring that much. Um, The new DraftKings scoring system rolled out in January of this year and they downgraded significant strikes so significant strikes used to be 0.5 per significant strike and now it's 0.4 and so it may not seem like a lot but 
it, what if, if you get 80 significant strikes? If, what if you get 80 significant strikes? You just lost a few points, and those five, six, seven, eight points could be the difference in winning a GPP or sharing it with 20 of your buddies. Exactly. And so it's not like playing both fighters will kill your chances of maybe turning $10 into $20. But when you're trying to turn $10 into $200,000, you're trying to get first place. You just, you have to be shooting for winners across the board. Yep. Uh, yeah. Six winners and then raking the chips. <laughs> exactly. So uh, thanks. So, so uh, thanks for hopping on the uh, podcast with me. And uh, we can't wait for this UFC 64 on Saturday night at, at a packed T-Mobile arena. No problem, man. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. And uh, it was great chatting with you. Thank you.